0: It's time to open the Retirement Toolbox. It's another edition to of the Retirement Toolbox, and we're going to have some fun on today's show. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Searles. He is, of course, a financial advisor and the president of Skybox Financial Group, serving the greater Cleveland area and beyond. And on today's show, we're going to talk about spotting problematic personalities of Rogue Advisors. Perhaps you've run into one of these before. Uh, very interesting conversation on deck today. This should be a lot of fun to dive into with Scott. Uh, we're also going to take talk a little bit about steak on today's show. So if you feel like getting hungry, keep listening, and we'll make you hungry when we talk about that, uh, because it's filet mignon day. And we're also going to get a listener question to wrap things up today from Harvey, and a little preview of that when Harvey really wants to retire, at least part of him does. But he's just kind of like... How do I walk away from this paycheck? It's been 40 straight years of getting that income. So how do I like I mentally just walk away from that and get comfortable with it? We're going to talk a little bit about that on the show today. Uh Scott, what's up in your world? How are you, man?
1: Well, wait, Walter, don't we always have fun on, on we the podcast? Do. Yeah. yeah. Did I
0: indicate that sometimes we
1: don't have fun? Well, you know, it sounded like they are, all. you know, we don't have fun and well, this really is like the one time, gonna time we're going to have, gonna fun, gonna have fun. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: We we have a normal amount of fun, and now we're going to really have fun today.
1: You're hurting my feelings, because I (laughs) thought you always had fun. (laughs)
0: <laughs> You're right, we always have fun here,
1: on this okay, show. thank yeah. you thank you
0: yes even <laughs> even if today's extra fun, it doesn't undo the fun from previous shows.
1: yes, it's a lighter topic.
0: well, let's dive into it because it's light and uh and kind of interesting, so you know finding someone who's trustworthy uh someone who's competent in the financial advisory space it's it's important uh if you want to secure that financial future and have more confidence in your plan the, after all, they're going to be playing a vital role in helping you make informed decisions about not only your money. And your investments, but your long-term financial goals. Uh, We've talked a lot here on the show before how Scott helps people answer questions about their financial life that doesn't really even have anything to do with necessarily retirement specifically, but just other stuff in life. Maybe it's about budgeting, or do you think I could buy this car, or how much house can we afford those kinds of things get thrown into the mix all of the sudden. So Mm -hmm. how can you, but not all advisors are created equal. So how can you separate the wheat from the chaff? That's the question on today's show. Uh, How can we identify Hmm. problematic personalities? So we have broken down some of the most maybe questionable personality elements or tactics uh, that you might see from an advisor, little red flags, if you will, and we've given them some clever names. That's where the fun comes in. So I'll throw out the name, the clever name, if you will, the anti-superhero, the villain uh, name, if you will, Scott. And you tell us where we typically see this personality pop up, what's the danger of it, why somebody should be aware of it. So the first one is the ghost. What kind of advisor is the
1: ghost? Uh, Well, you know, that's the type of advisor that once you work with them, maybe they generally tends to be an advisor that is a product that sells you a product. And once they do that, once they sell you that product, they disappear like a ghost. You may try calling them, you're not getting a hold of them, they don't question you back, call you back. Uh, That is what we refer to as the ghost. And obviously, that's somebody you want to avoid um, at all costs.
0: Yeah, that's an easy one to explain, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. if someone who's just selling you that one product, fly by night, there one minute gone the next, that's the kind of relationship you're entering into. Comes with some obvious complications if you want more comprehensive conversations and planning
1: to happen. Uh, in a similar vein, who is the one-trick pony? Oh, he's like the magician, right? Because he comes out here and he has a big he, – he can magically solve all your problems with this one product. This is it. You know, this retirement planning is complicated. There's a lot of different moving parts and pieces. So many different things to encompass. And there's no way that just one product or one thing is going to be the magical solution to your product. Or also, it's the guy that always tries to stick the square peg in the round hole, right? So you you go in there, you talk to him, and no matter what, this product is going to be to answer to all your problems so you need to be aware of that if you if you see that run because it's not going to be the case there's not going to be one product that simply just magically fixes your situation
0: great point point. and i feel like the one trick pony becomes the ghost typically like those two would go hand in hand Yeah, or the one trick do. pony at first yeah. and then they evolve into the ghost
1: afterward yep so that's a good one all right what about the jargon juggler i like the name of that one oh yeah the jargon juggler this is the guy when you talk to him or lady uh, that throws out all these fancy terms stock talking betas, standard deviations sharp ratios getting all this super nerdy stuff and throws out all this jargon to you to basically mask the fact that they probably don't even know what the heck they're going on and don't want you to ask questions so you know, a good advisor is going to take all that. I mean, the good advisor knows all that jargon, right? That's what we do. But what they're going to do is they're going to take it and they're going to pull it into simple, everyday terms and examples. That's what you're looking for. Not somebody that throws out all these fancy words and starts, you know, talking all these fancy, you know, jargon without explaining it to you. A good advisor is going to take that it down to a level that makes it easy to understand and puts it in simple everyday real world examples.
0: All right, I like that. Yeah, you don't want to deal with that jargon juggler. It's and this one's not necessarily nefarious, right? Like the one trick pony and the ghost, like those could actually be a bit harmful, I suppose, to your financial mm-hmm. life, right? If you if you yeah. kind of get sold that magical product that's not a good fit for you, the jargon juggler is just more of a person that's not great, maybe, at education or informing you or putting things on your level. So your experience perhaps just isn't quite as fulfilling as it might be with a someone who can speak more comprehensively, openly, and approachable. So and we're not. really throwing that person under the bus saying, oh, that's a terrible person, Um, but it can kind of mask some important parts of the equation a little bit. Uh, The jargon juggler could use that strategy for nefarious reasons, trying to confuse you and whatnot, but typically I think it's just folks who aren't great at putting things in easy-to-understand terms like you outlined, Scott. Right. Uh, What about the conversation hog? Who is the conversation hog in the advisor space?
1: You know what? This is the person that when you go in to see them, all they do is they talk about themselves, their fancy uh, you know, office, all the great things they do. They do most of the talking in the meeting. The first time you meet a financial advisor, they should be listening more than they're talking. Because how on earth are they going to develop a strategy that's particular to you? without listening to you and what you want to accomplish and your situations and what you like and what you don't like and knowing how many kids you have and all these different aspects go into a sound plan. So somebody that goes in there and just talks all about themselves, you know, that's not, you know, that's not what you're looking for because the end result is going to be that they're going to give you something that you want as opposed to something that fits your situation.
0: Really interesting um, because, yeah, you want to develop that personality, right? You want to still have some emotional connection perhaps with the advisor that you're going to be working with. So it's, it's important to build that rapport just like you would with anybody in life. But there's got to be that balance, and at least the scale should tip definitely, it seems, more to the client in that situation because it's about your goals for retirement and all that stuff, right. not about the advisor. So that's yep. good. Uh, the expensive but empty suit. Who's the expensive but empty suit and, and how do they usually manifest?
1: Well, you know, this is this is usually the advisor. When you go into their office, they've got this big fancy office, and they got all they're dressed to the nines. They have got this expensive suit, they look all fancy, but it's kind of the sheep's and wolves clothing kind of thing, right? That you don't know, just because somebody looks fancy, smart and fancy and they got beautiful offices, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to give you the type of financial advice that you're going to need. It doesn't mean that they're smart. And a lot of the times that flashiness or all that fancy stuff distracts from the fact that they really don't know what they're doing. And that happens a lot, and sometimes in bigger offices, right? It's all nice and fancy. You get a young advisor, comes in, he's dressed real nice. It doesn't mean that he knows what he's doing. And so that's kind of that expensive but empty suit. Uh, And once you start working with them, I mean, it's hard to unravel yourself, too. And you may not necessarily know for a while that this is not necessarily the person for you. But boy, it sure looks like when you walk in there, you know, great office, dressed up, you know. So that's, that's the, the thing you got to watch out for with that one.
0: Yeah, I think that's huge. Uh, that's a really important one, the expensive but empty suit. Just be aware of that personality. This next one, again, I like the name of this one, the Armageddon Prophet. I think I've Mm. met a few advisors who are like this over the years of working in this industry and in this space, Scott. uh, How does that
1: person usually present? Well, you know what? You can see Armageddon Project advisors on TV. Uh, I mean, how many times you see commercials or Internet ads saying that the end of the world's coming and we need to do this and, you know, the company, the The country is going to be going into a recession. You need to buy gold. They use fear and scare tactics to get you to do what they want you to do so they can make money. So they're going to, you know, maybe they're going to overemphasize a risk of something or maybe even underestimate it. Right. They're going to, you know, it can go either way. But this is kind of that doom or gloom Armageddon type of person that they want you to do a certain thing. And the way they get you to do that is by using scare tactics to make you scared enough to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, if someone's trying, I mean, fear is an emotion. Fear should be taken into account. But if somebody's overly stoking that part of your brain and your emotions, it should cause a little bit of a red flag in you. But it can be tough because fear is one of the biggest motivators out
1: there, Scott. It is. That's why it's so effective
0: for those advisors who utilize it. Yep,
1: yep, absolutely
0: just be aware of that let let uh, leave a little portion of your brain on in the background it's trying to trying to be a little bit of a filter if you feel like somebody's kind of overselling you on the doom and the gloom realize the purpose for why they're doing that uh, we've got a few more personalities to make you aware of that uh, we'll take through here uh, the avoider uh, what what does the avoider look like what's the danger there
1: yeah you know, that's this is the person when you ask them questions specifically about something so specific questions And they dance around it and they don't really answer your question so we could also call
0: this one the politician
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly exactly so because they don't they don't think you're necessarily going to like the answers that you're going to give them so that should be a warning sign for you that indeed you know something's up here right you know when people ask me specific questions i give them specific answers even if they don't like what i'm going to say hey you know Am I going to be able to retire? Well, you know, I took a look at it and unfortunately, you're not going to be a retire at the level that you wanted to. But let's talk about how we can make some adjustments and changes to get you there. You know, an avoider would be like, well, you know, uh, you know yeah, you know, maybe we can probably kind of, you know, just not giving you specific answers. And that's something you need to, you need to really be wary of when you're talking to somebody.
0: Yeah, good points across the board. So far on all of these different personalities, the avoider or the politician there is a big one. Three more to hit. The fee-first scoundrel. Okay, really, I really made this one up. Um, fee-first scoundrel. <laughs> Who's the fee-first scoundrel? I was, I was running out of adjectives, I think, at this point.
1: <laughs> well, so this is the advisor where they don't tell you anything that they're going to do until you transfer all their accounts over to them then they're going to break down and tell you their strategies. Well, at that time point, it's probably a little bit too late. Now I kind of get the idea that the fee first scoundrels using, right? Because as a financial advisor, I meet with a lot of people, I end up doing a lot of work for free because I am a firm believer that I need to show and provide you value. You need to see the value that we provide. Before I would ever ask you to make a decision like transferring all of your assets over. But the fee-first scoundrel works the opposite way. And they say, you know what? We don't want to, you know, we're not going to give you our strategy until you commit to us, move all of our money over. And you're not even sure if he even understands what you need what your goals are, what your needs are until after your money's already there because he hasn't presented anything to you. So that's something that, it's the opposite of the way I work. I want to show my value first before you make that decision with your whole life savings. I want to show you that we know you, your family and what you're trying to accomplish and that we've got the capability to be able to do it first before you commit to us
0: interesting to understand that one yeah because you're right i mean in a lot of businesses right you, you kind of kind of pay to get the service or the product first right right but some you pay afterward uh, after the service is done and provided for you and and some maybe it's a little bit up front a little bit later so just different compensation structures so understanding those motivations perhaps or the why but just be aware if somebody's just kind of like they're withholding a lot of information, and like, we're not going to show you the secretive key to your success until you pay us a bunch of money. That's, you know, more of maybe cause for concern when that
1: pops yeah. up. All right. What about the tortoise? Who's the tortoise? Well, the tortoise is the advisor that stays with that same strategy year after year, no matter what happens to the markets, your situation, or anything like that. So, for instance, you know, if you're the You know, the markets and the economy are doing real good. They stick with the same strategy they were using when everything was going bad. Or when you retire, they use the same types of investment strategies when you were accumulating money than when you're now in the distribution phase, which it totally shifts and change. So the tortoise just kind of moves real slow, doesn't ever adapt or change their strategies to you, your situation, the markets, the economy, tax laws, all the different things that pop up that do require you to adapt and change and use some innovative thinking in order to be able to get the end result that you want.
0: Now, there are two sides to this conversation. And so our last personality to bring up is sort of the opposite of the tortoise, but we're gonna call this one the chameleon. Mm -hmm. And this one's not so great if you go too far the other end of the spectrum, right?
1: Yeah, because these are advisors that just tell you whatever you wanna hear. So they're gonna shift their strategy based on what makes you feel happy, even if it's not the right thing for you. So they're going to tell you what you want to hear all the time. They're going to continue to, 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 you know, try to make you happy by changing their strategies to fit you, even though it may not be good for you. They just are trying to make you and please you. But you can't always in this business, please, everybody, you have to make tough decisions and do the right thing for the client responsibly. But you can't just do it something that you know, is wrong for them, just to make them feel happy. A good example is, you know, when the markets are down, I almost always get calls uh, saying, Hey, you know what, Scott, just sell all my stuff, throw it in cash, the world's gonna end right? Well, a chameleon advisor would say, okay, sure, no problem. Boom. You know, that's exact opposite of what you should do. So I have that conversation. I say, hey, you know what? We have a long-term goal here. The markets are always going to go up and down. The last thing and the worst thing we could do is pull out of the markets when the markets are down. Ironically, I just got a call today, the morning of this podcast. One of my clients called me and thanked me for not letting him get out of the market or change his strategy when he wanted to, when things were rough back in, in 2000, you know, just at the beginning of this year when things were rough. Because now the markets have turned, they started to come up, you know, he's he's up like 10%, you know, in, in so far this year. And he's like, you know, thanks for not letting me make a boneheaded decision. A chameleon would have just done it.
0: Hmm. Uh, love the illustration between the two there, the tortoise and the chameleon. Good way to wrap up those personalities. So last question, I guess, Scott, is which one are you? I
1: am none of these.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> it was a trick question, so I'm, yeah, you, you picked okay, up on thanks. that one well. Nice, nicely done. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so the, these are the, the personalities you want to avoid. Uh, an, another show, perhaps, we can go into the traits in an advisor that you should look for. Perhaps we Absolutely. can do that maybe maybe next month. We'll dive into that a there little bit. Go. Since we did all the kind of the negative traits this week or this month, uh, next month maybe we'll bring up some uh, some ones that you actually do want to look for. And, and okay. we can still give those some creative names, too. So the superheroes. Right. We looked at the villains this week. We'll look at the superheroes another time.
1: Okay, Perfect.
0: If you are looking to work with an advisor who who really tries to avoid being any of the things on this list, uh, you can certainly talk to Scott, and he will help you put together a financial and retirement plan that's built to last and make sure that it's customized and uh, all really all stones unturned, looking for the nooks and the crannies in your plan to make sure everything is properly planned for. If you want to get in touch, you can schedule a time to visit very easily by going to talkwithscott.net. That's talkwithscott.net, or by calling 888 We'll put that contact information in the description of today's show so you can find it easily as well. Time to get to know Scott a little bit better. We're talking steak on today's episode. It's getting to know you time. Hey, yeah, yeah. All right, Scott, this month we had National Filet Mignon Day. Yes, it's a thing. Yum. So it got me thinking uh, about steak. And so our getting to know you question this month is, what's the best steak you've ever had in honor of National Filet Mignon Day? It doesn't have to have been a filet mignon, just
1: any steak. You know, it was not. And uh, I think the best steak I had was a Wagyu. I think that's how you say it, Wagyu. Yeah. ribeye tomahawk ribeye uh-huh. at a restaurant down in florida and i love ribeye steaks to start with right the marbling the extra fat gives it that flavor that's my jam but you know the wagyu one was super good now after i ate that though i do admit it was the best steak i ever had but after that i'm not so sure that it was wagyu beef because it's very hard to get in the united states there's only 5000 certified cattle in Japan that that meat comes from Uh, and you know Kobe beef is even more rare you know that that's there's only 12 cattle they have to be a descendant of 12 of these blessed cattle in uh, Japan And, and Kobe beef I don't think barely ever makes it to the United States um so maybe it was a crossbred one. You know, there's a lot of that out there. It may not have been a pure wagyu beef tomahawk ribeye, but man, it was really good.
0: Mm, that sounds awesome. I got to say, you know, I've had steak in restaurants a lot, and I never quite like it as much as having it at home. There's just something about steak at home that I think tastes better. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just we over salt it or (laughs) I don't know, something we put on it just tastes better. I just like, and and my dad has just mastered, uh, well, he's a big New York strip fan. So he's really mastered those, but I I like ribeyes the best. And so he'll always make me a ribeye whenever we go and visit and hang out. And his ribeyes are just amazing. And I remember one specifically, he made a massive ribeye one year and we had it out on the porch, and it was in the fall, and it just tasted so good. I can just still taste it to this day wow. uh, on the on the tip of my tongue so does he do
1: it on a barbecue grill? It just does it on a normal normal
0: I mean we used to do charcoal back in the day, but he just does right. it on a normal normal gas grill nothing, Okay, nothing fancy it's a seasoning it it's must but it's very simple seasoning. he just does salt pepper garlic and um Uh, I think I convinced him one year to start putting a little bit of barbecue sauce on just to get a little caramelization. Okay. So that tends to do pretty well, and he just lets everything kind of marinate for a little bit and throws Mm -hmm. it on there. Nothing crazy. Wow. Nice. He's just got the timing down and the temperature of the grill down just fine, and yep. they live at the beach, so his grill has just basically like melted underneath from all the salt has just eroded everything below the the burners, <laughs> so maybe that's the secret. It's really just like yeah. straight flame to the bottom of the steak. <laughs> <It> just really, <laughs> really high heat flashes it, flips it a couple of quick times, boom, it's ready, you know, just keeps it simple. no slow cooking under that, no, just boom,
1: ready, steak, eat. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works for you yeah
0: it it pulls it off, so there you go. I find steaks to taste watery in restaurants a lot of the time, really
1: yeah i mean Maybe I've i'm had just not some... going
0: to good enough steak places I well know. i've
1: had bad steaks in restaurants, yeah uh you know, but you know i just I love steak it 's hard for me to i mean if it 's tough and chewy that you know that is the worst, but right. Most steaks are gonna be tender. I I'm usually pretty happy with
0: mm-hmm. I did I will say there was this place in Raleigh, North Carolina. It had a pretty good filet mignon there. Right. It was it was for like a one of my former employers back in the day and uh, they it was every year it was kinda of like the fancy place downtown. Um right. it was it was in an old house, one of those kinds of places. But right. now it's a super fancy venue for, for Christmas parties and all that kind of stuff. That was okay. pretty good. I gotta say that was pretty good steak. So I'd, it was like literally you you couldn't even chew it. It would just melt in your mouth.
1: Not as good as good old dads, stuff. But
0: still not quite as good. I would still take dads over that for sure. Yeah. yeah exactly. Plus dads <laughs> are cheaper. <laughs>
1: That's true.
0: Very good. All right. Now I'm hungry. Uh, but before we go off and get some steak, Scott, uh, we need to uh, answer a question from Harvey here. So let's open up the okay. mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right. So here's Harvey's question. And by the way, you can submit a question if you'd like by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Look for the contact page. Harvey says, part of me really wants to retire, but I've gotten pretty used to having a paycheck for the past 40 years, and I can't imagine not having one, even though I have savings. How do people ever get comfortable with the idea of not having money coming into their checking account every month?
1: Well, Harvey, you know, this is a great question. This is something I hear all the time. And what we do is like I'd mentioned before, when you retire, it is a lifestyle change. There are going to be things a lot different than when you're retiring. You're not getting up and going to work every day and you're not getting that paycheck deposit every day. What we do is when we have a conversation, we talk with the clients. A lot of the times what we do is we do give them a paycheck every month. So we will direct deposit whatever they need every month into their bank account so a lot of the times it feels that hey on the first of the month is my payday boom your money comes right in there automatically you're not pulling it or transferring it from your savings or anything like that Now the key though, is that the strategy that's providing you with that income needs to be sound. And that's where a good income strategy comes into play. And if you feel comfortable with the strategy, know it can weather any types of storms and you get that paycheck every month from your investments, that really is about as close as you're going to get. So you can still budget and do everything like you did before, but every month, we send a check and simulate a paycheck for you.
0: Easy enough uh, to talk about there, Harvey. But, yeah, that emotional component of a big change in your life like that can be tough to get around. But with active and proper planning, uh, you can help address some of those more emotional concerns and put you a little bit more at ease of walking away from that paycheck. And that's the kind of planning Scott does each and every day with his clients. So if you'd like to talk a little bit more about how that would look and how that can help you with your confidence in walking away from the paycheck, pick up the phone. Give Scott a call at 888 888- Seven four two zero one eleven, or by going online to talkwithscott.net and scheduling a time to visit that's convenient for you. You can use your smartphone or computer and just book a time online right now. Talkwithscott.net is that address, and that contact info is in the description of today's show, as always. Scott, thanks for the help today. I appreciate your guidance and advice and having some fun, extra fun, on today's show with those advisor personalities and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again next time.
1: Always have fun, Walter. Right,
0: good, glad to hear it. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next time when we see you again right here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go guards. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management LLC.